What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bonsai Chat. I am your host, Ryan Trainer, and I'm here with the uh, Rush fanatic himself, DJ Grand. What's up, DJ? Not a whole lot. How's it going, Ryan? Good. I actually had a uh, funny thing to tell you. So um, you know how you always talk about that everything can be going back to like a Rush thing or something like that? You can always break it down to a Rush song. Absolutely, yeah. Do you ever play the Mega Man series? No, I have not. Why? Well, Is a Rush in that? Well, it's just, I'm not entirely sure. It's It has to be. I mean, I, I could probably do further research on it, but... The main character, Mega Man, his actual like he's you know a robot built by this guy, Doctor Light, and he he has Mega Man and like this other uh, robot that helps him out and stuff too, and Mega Man has a dog that helps him out in the games as well, and his like actual name I guess in the lore and stuff is Rock, and the other one is this uh like female android name well robot named Roll. And then the dog that's uh <laughs> the dog that's you know the robot helper is named Rush. So like the doctor's family basically is rock roll and rush. And uh now, I thought it was funny. How much better that is than Jojo? <laughs> that's the way to go. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Mega Man's an iconic video game character that's been around for a long time. So I was surprised. Well, you when didn't you know first that. said well you no, I've actually I've never heard of a video game. I know the uh, the movie, uh, I think it was Mega Man. Maybe it's a different movie, I'm, different name I'm thinking of. But no, I've never heard the one you're talking about. And I'm definitely going to check it out now that you say that Rush, Rush is involved. And Rush is a badass character. I'll give you that. So it's uh, it's a cool character to have that name. They're a badass band, so it works. There you go. Yeah. So before we get started, again, Bonsai Chat is a Patreon-supported podcast, and you know we're on YouTube, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us, you know, at Bonsai Chat and all that. You know, drop us a line, give us a review, all that good stuff. So uh, on the docket here, we are going to be talking about The Last of Us, uh, The Midnight Gospel, or Midnight Gospel. I think there's no the in there, and The Lighthouse, and then we have on uh, DJ side. It sticks. What's the full title of it? It sticks. Shards of darkness. Shards of darkness. It's a video. It's a video game. Yeah. Yeah. And Punisher season one. So we got a good lineup now. So that's cool. And uh, we'll start with our opening topic questions. And that will be. Uh, why don't you go first, DJ? What's your my well, my question is? Well, watching the Punisher and Daredevil got me thinking about who makes the best vigilante and uh for once my answer is going to be within the uh comic book realm okay and who would you pick oh batman without a doubt yeah i was um, gonna because, say batman definitely is probably in the top roster of vigilantes well what i love about batman i love him about all other comic book characters a he's totally human but most importantly, he uses his mind. I mean, he's called the world's greatest detective. And under being a detective, you must use your mind. And um, even though he does have fabulous toys, um, still, it's his mind that he uses the most. And so, uh, I mean, the question is, what makes, what is a good vigilante? And I think when we'll talk about the Punisher, that was a good a good storyline that dives into that. But um, 
if you ask me, I still I'd go with Batman. Yeah, and you know, Batman has more solid uh kind of ethic well you know he has some strong ethics i would just say you know he doesn't kill anybody or you know tries not to and stuff where punisher is just no rules just you know defeat the well, bad guy yes and no yes and no now you're right batman is just like daredevil to where they won't kill but the punisher still has a code a moral code even and his code is he only kills bad guys because he thinks uh the punisher thinks that the system fails the system will not work. Yeah. And the only way to, to get justice is to kill him. And that, yes, that is a difference between Batman, Daredevil, and uh, the Punisher. But he still has a code. I yeah. mean, he still, he won't, he won't kill bad people. I mean, he won't kill, kill good people. In fact, he helps good people. That in itself is a moral code. He makes choices. So Yeah, and it's an argument that isn't entirely wrong, you know. So it's... Uh... You know, obviously, if him and Batman would talk, they'd be, you know, arguing the whole time. But they're in the end are both, you know, doing it for a good cause, I guess. Well, in the way they did have that argument, because uh, Jason Todd becomes Red Hood and Jason Todd's bitch against Batman was that he wouldn't finish the job. He wouldn't use guns and kill people. Yeah. So in a way, they did kind of have that argument in in Batman. And that is I kind of always like uh it's like you never it, it comes up a lot in a lot of different things from comic books to video games to shows and stuff like that and there's a lot of anime that have that kind of thing too where um like Roroni Kenshin is one where it's like about this samurai who he used to be like a cold-blooded killer for this war that was going on and then like the whole series is about him fighting kind of his past and bad people but he does it with like a reverse bladed sword so he like he just beats people up, you know, but he never kills anyone. That's his like whole thing. And that happens a lot in different things and sometimes gets annoying, but when people do it right, it is cool, which Batman usually does it right a lot of the times and all the movies and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean Batman will definitely hurt people, but he just won't kill them. He yeah. won't use a gun. Exactly. There's there's a real difference. He just will not use a gun. Well, and, um, you know, and that's like Dark Knight. I mean, the movie would be not what it is if he didn't have that. I mean, that's the whole point is, you know, the Joker knows he won't kill him or anybody. And it's just that whole battle between, you know, their wits and stuff like that. Not to bring up Joker. This has echoes of what we're going to talk about in the lighthouse. Cause I think Joker, Batman are sort of like one character. True. Good, bad. Yeah. And yeah. And, uh, and so it's, yeah, Joker knows it, but it, 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 there wouldn't be a Batman without Joker. All the other villains, just they're pale in comparison to the Joker. And I really think there would be no Batman if there was a Joker. And the other way around, I don't think there'd be a Joker if there wasn't a Batman. So. Yeah, it's the ultimate battle in that series for sure. You know, it's you know, it's like Superman, Lex Luthor. You know, uh, uh, Batman. You know, has his Joker. Everyone has their yeah. evil counterpart. There's one thing I wanted to bring up, though, too, that's kind of goes with the question you're talking about. And uh, have you ever read Civil War, like the actual comic? No. Is it this actual uh, you're talking about the Marvel Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Marvel's uh, Civil War. No, no. I only saw the movie. Yeah. No, I did not read the comic. Because, oh. you know, with any of the Marvel stuff, it's like in the comic, there's always pretty much so many characters and stuff like that, which, you know, like the movie has a lot of characters, but just the ones that were 
uh, you know, kind of in the other movies and stuff like that. And Punisher has <laughs> probably one of my favorite parts in some of any of the comics I've ever read where they get to this whole thing where they're, you know, the whole civil war things going on. They're like, everyone's fighting each other for, you know, who's right, who's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And, um, they get to this point where, uh, I forgot who it was. I think I'm pretty sure it was captain America, but whatever the team is, they're, you know, kind of low on superheroes. So they go with, um, bad guys they like kind of like try to recruit some like bad guys that are uh you know just just kind of you know that want to help out you know whatever side that uh i think it was captain america's side i'm messing this up real bad but it's so funny because they're like all right we're uh we're kind of changing the thing we're gonna have some of these villains come on our team and they're gonna help fight they agree to it and all this stuff and I forgot exactly what villains they were, but they just come into the group and <laughs> Punisher just without any talking just shoots them all. <laughs> and uh I think again, I think it's Captain America. He's like, What the hell are you doing? Like he just like flips out. He's like, they agreed we had him on like this whole thing. They weren't gonna betray us and all this stuff. And he's just like diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the best panel because it's literally just like one page and it's just so funny and it like just capsulates like the Punisher's character. And it's, well, it's just I so funny. He, I think the Punisher did right. Cause they are bad. Yeah. And, um, was Punisher on Captain America's side? Yeah. Yeah. He was like part of the group and like, they're, you know, bringing this up that they're like, yeah, we're going to have a couple of these villains, you know, they agreed yeah. to help us out. And like, once they open the door, like again, there's no talking. Punisher just lays them all out, and it's so funny. Good for him. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Did um the basic storyline of uh, government control versus a libertarian sort of ethos did that play out in the comic book? Was that how it was? Yeah, and I'm kind of a little fuzzy on it, especially like with the movie. I always get them mixed up, but it is that kind of thing. You know, it's like Captain America versus uh, um, Iron Man and the whole. Should yeah, but they... Iron Man wanted the government, and Captain America wanted the basic libertarian argument. Yeah. It, that's why I'm asking: is was it basically the same in the, in the comic book? Yeah, it just had a, you know, there's yeah, it was basically the same. Yeah. Well, good. Because I was wondering if if they actually wrote that themselves, or if that was lifted from the comic book. Well, good. I'm glad yeah. that it was in there. No, I'll, I'll send you a, a shot of that because it, it's just like a small part and it like, you know, with everything that goes on in that arc, it's just so funny. And if you're a Punisher fan, it's it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's I like the Punisher. So, yeah, not as much as Batman or, or Daredevil, but still, I like the Punisher. Yeah, Punisher is more of like a fun character. I mean, he's a really cool character, that's for sure. But I mean, yeah, I'd probably lean towards Batman, I guess, overall with just the amount of stuff. But uh um, so you agree with me on the vigilante argument then that it's Batman? I personally wouldn't pick Batman because I thought about this when you mentioned the question. And I mean, there's so many and it's like, I mean, every hero and stuff like that is, you know, kind of a vigilante in some way. Or, or anyone who is not a cop. And yeah. Who the law is. Yes. Yes. But I thought of my answer and I just, uh, you know, when you think of a vigilante too, you always think about one person. So I was like, is there like groups and like um like you know more than one person and stuff like that and um the only one i really could think about is uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> oh my god so i'm gonna go with them because they are their own vigilantes and they have you know they do everything in the shadows but they're protecting the city and you know they they have their own lawn they 
like kicking butt and eating pizza. Yeah, and being named after uh, a Renaissance uh, artist, yes. Yes, and that was not their fault. That was Splinter's fault. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, well, I'd, I, I'd go with them just because I, I just grew up with them. They're, you know, some of my favorite, you know, fictional characters and stuff like oh that. Oh my God, you're such a baby. Here we go, you are. Hey, how can you not? How can you not like the Ninja Turtles? Come on. Honestly, I never really got into the because, like I said, you're a baby. You're you're younger than me. I was old, much older, and it just it never appealed to me. Actually, when I when it was when the big series was on TV before the movie, it just seemed stupid. Almost like He Man, kind of just yeah. just below me. It just it just. It didn't have that appeal. It didn't really grab me. I'm not saying that you can't get into it. I'm just saying for me, it just didn't grab me. So that's odd. Well, uh, and- nothing wrong. They are they are vigilantes and they are good. So to me, that that that's what matters. And uh, there's actually a cross between them and Batman. I just, I mean, I, I think it came out pretty recently, almost like last year or something. But uh, um, they had a little animated short where it was Batman and the Ninja Turtles. I, I didn't actually see it, but I remember seeing like a trailer and stuff and, uh, might be something you need to look at. Wait, is Ninja Turtles DC? How'd they uh, no, pull that one off? I think they're not DC, but they were in one of the video games, the, uh, Injustice, it, the most recent Injustice. They were, uh, a DLC package. So they, there must be some kind of DC connection. Yeah. If it being two things, it has to Well, be. they have to have the rights if they're using them. So I'm sure yeah, they just yeah. bought them with all their DC money. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. like the Marvel money, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, they obviously they got Batman and Superman. So, But yeah, it's a good question because, yeah, there's a lot of them. And, you know, the whole good and bad thing is a uh, you know, question that gets brought up when you talk about vigilantes and stuff. Yep. Let's go on. Well, my question then, we'll move on to mine, would be uh, which fictional apocalypse would you not, would you not really mind being stuck in? So uh, what would be one for you? See, I got to go back to my answer from last podcast and Atlas Shrugged. The, uh, it's Ayn Rand's um, Magn- Magnus Opus, she, Magnum Opus, she just, it's her best, and uh, the economy basically is forced to crash because John Galt, the hero, forces the motor of the world to stop. And uh, there ain't no, 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 nothing more apocalyptic than that. And it's not exactly living in the apocalypse, you know, in the crashed economy that I would want to be. There's a specific chapter, well, actually it's two chapters, where uh, all the, the men of the mind, he basically convinces just to shrug that's where the title Alice Shrug comes from and just let it all go, let it crash because it, it needs to crash so we can rebuild it. And he takes them to what is called Atlantis or Gulch, Gulch. and um, it's supposed to be in the mountains in Colorado and I would want to live there in that because you worked with your own mind you, there, were, there was freedom there it was, um, it, was what, it was what America should be. So if I'm going to live out in an apocalypse an apocalyptic time that's where I'd want to be. Hmm. It's, to me, that chapter is the greatest chapter in all of literature because it just, it just seems so bright and just everything is just almost perfect in that little society. It's how society should be, might not ought to be. That's a good answer. I mean, definitely 
you know, shows that you thought about this a lot. So I, yeah, I mean, I didn't think of that. I, uh, I almost thought you were going to say like Arkham city or something like that, <laughs> where like it would be kind of a apocalypse where all the bad guys are running stuff, but you know, Batman's still around. So it's not too bad. No, it's no, that's, that would definitely be an, an, apocalyptic, an apocalyptic scenario, but, uh, I, it's dark. Yeah. It's dark. And I like, I like the light. So there, there's, there's the difference. That's, that's a good answer. Uh, I, th- guess just because of the game I had in mind uh, playing The Last of Us. I don't know why I didn't think. I mean, it would be bad to be in that, but just because if... Uh, have you ever played The Last of Us? I never even heard, heard of it until you told me about it. Well, it's uh, like a PS3 game that came out, and they had like a remastered version that came out for uh, PS4, and that's the one I've been playing. And it's kind of like the walking dead scenario but instead of zombies they have these things called like clickers and there's this like fungus that kind of takes over your body and turns you into this weird monster but you you the the way that they pretty much try to get you and stuff like that is they have like sonar because the uh infection like blinds you and i just thought you know they're very scary and stuff like that but i was like yeah Seems like The Last of Us wouldn't be that bad to deal with, and uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. just because it was in my head. But I, I really, I, I have to experience the game before I can really give you a, an honest opinion about it. But uh, I definitely don't like zombie uh, scenarios. And just, yeah, I just uh, it creeps me out. Kind of. <laughs> it it would be creepy. It would be very surreal if you actually saw a zombie. So. I'd probably regret my answer, but I'll just go with it. <laughs> well, that's good. That was a you know, quick little segment of our silly questions, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll get into the breakdown and wrap up with the bonsai drop. So, um, yeah, let's just jump into the breakdown. Okay, and I wanted to kind of bring this up to where. I don't really talk about in the beginning of the podcast that the way the show and the podcast works, if anyone doesn't understand it now is, you know, we do our little talk in the beginning. The breakdown is basically what video games and media we're playing. And then the bonsai drop is just some little thing from the internet or something that we're trying to, uh, you know, show you, you know, maybe take a look at, or, uh, you know, be aware of and stuff like that. So I just wanted to kind of, have the little disclaimer before we got into our talks so <laughs> an explanation yeah yeah exactly so well i'll start with my game and again like i mentioned before i was uh replaying the last of us and the reason why i was doing this was because um there's been a lot of talk in like the video game news with The Last of Us 2 coming out, because this game's been, like, in development for a long time, and, um, you know, they've really not had a date set for it, and it's been delayed a bunch of times. And it was delayed kind of even before a lot of the um, the quarantine stuff was going on. So, you know, people are like, oh, we're never going to get this game. But um, they actually, Naughty Dog is the um, uh, video game people that make it, and they posted that it's going to be coming out next month which is really cool to see it been delayed 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 and you actually get news that this game is actually going to come through and it's coming out very soon so 
you know, it's a, it was a very uh, well-received game. And, you know, it's about basically this guy, Joel, and he um, kind of, he stumbles across this, this kid after this whole um, pandemic thing goes on with this virus that gets out and turns people crazy and into the, all this uh, like kind of zombie stuff. They're not zombies though. That's the thing you have to understand. It's very similar, but like I mentioned before, they're called like clickers and they're just monsters, I would say. And, you know, it's just kind of that apocalyptic lifestyle where everyone's surviving on their own and, you know, people are just trying to get supplies and there's, this girl in the game named Ellie, who's a uh, young girl that Joel finds and she's infected with the virus, but it doesn't affect her. So the whole thing is like getting her safe to this, uh, the scientists that they hear about and, you know, she might have the cure for this virus since it's not, you know, destroying her. So it's like you kind of surviving the world and getting through. It's a very um, linear, like linear game, but it's just a really good story and it's really cool. And um, you know, if, if you like Naughty Dog stuff, like they have, uh, it's you know, big AAA budget, so everything looks real sweet. Is uh, the coronavirus getting to your psyche? Uh, <laughs> it's not about like a coronavirus. Yeah, it's a zombie part. Uh, it's. it's not- <laughs> Maybe, but I was just, it's, it was such an awesome game and remembering, like, there's just a lot of cool stuff with the story. And like I said, when the news was posted out that The Last of Us 2 is actually coming out, you know, next month, I was just like, ooh, that's, you know, it was actually a positive thing for how dark the the uh, game is. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, to play the next one that, that should be, you know, coming out. Like I'm just teasing you. I just yeah. saw a lot of similarities to what you're talking about. That no, it's 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 a fun game because it's like uh, if like the only one of the other big games that the uh, developer makes is um, Uncharted, and those are the two. If you think of those as um, you know Uncharted and uh, The Last of Us, and Uncharted's like Indiana Jones. You know, you you're finding treasure. You're this like. Uh, you know, very Indiana Jones-esque kind of guy and you're fighting a bunch of people and it's like a lot of shooting and beating up and stuff like that. So they're real fun games. And then The Last of Us comes out and it's just like super dark is this whole apocalypse thing. And it's not really about that. Like you've obviously fight and, you know, fight monsters and people and stuff like that. But it was a lot harder coming from that game than the uncharted games and uh you got to do a lot of stealth stuff and like you know making your own weapons and things like that so it was like a different kind of pace when it came out and that people like you know who like the uncharted series you know playing the last of us was just like um it was just different it was really cool and you know it's not one that when you play there's a lot of like happy moments or anything like that but uh it's a a cool you know, it's a really cool game. Well, the happy moment should be as if they uh, conquer the virus and win. Oh, I guess that's why we need The Last of Us 2 out. We need to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, so. Yeah, I just, that, you know, it's an old game, I guess, but, um, you know, it's cool that, um, you know, it's a cool game to play, especially the remastered version, because, like I said, it's a PS3 game. But uh, PS4 came out with a remaster version where you know it looks all nice and stuff like that. So, well, maybe I'll steal my daughter's PlayStation and 
give it a check and see if you see if it's worthy. Yeah, you 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 would definitely like it, especially you know you appreciate a story it has a really good story and um, just characters and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, yeah, the the second one comes out uh, June nineteenth. I'll just I put that down in my notes just for anyone that doesn't know, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, that's my game. How about you? You actually have a game. I want to hear about wow. it. <laughs> it's kind of an old game, right? And, but it got by me. I never knew it was, it existed. It's called Six Shards of Darkness. And it's about a, uh, a goblin. Uh, but there's elves, humans, um, goblins, but these goblins normally don't speak. They're kind of just dumb creatures, but this particular, um, goblin that you play sticks He's a smart ass. I mean, he's, he really uh, has the funny lines, especially if you die in the cutscenes. They're, they're really funny. But uh, it's the point it's a stealth game, and you have to uh, sneak your way past these things that are trying to kill you to, uh, to get to each, each level. Each mission has a different mission, but the, you're basically chasing down this, this dark elf who's a shapeshifter, and you're trying to get uh, this this uh um, this uh crystal that goes into a staff and trying to get both of them and uh well it's a difficult game to play though i've died so probably i've died so more in this game than any game i ever played and kept going um and and the kind of uh the people who made it are kind of bastards because they don't tell you how to become invisible and you can become invisible to sneak by but I didn't figure it out myself until the third damn mission. And oh, how I could have used it in the first two missions. I mean, I just think that's rude not to, t- not to give you a tutorial on how to use that. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah. I even went online to try and figure it out and foolish me. I went and did a YouTube search and because there really wasn't anyone showing how to do it. So there was no YouTube. So I went back to doing it. And then I finally, by hitting the buttons, figured out, oh, this is it. I hit this and the X button. And then I went invisible. And uh, so I, the, I finally figured out, there, there's the one drawback is I guess the tutorial isn't good enough. Um, but I really like the Sticks character. He's a real smart ass. I mean, if he, uh, you end up going over a cliff and you hear him echoing, falling down, about to die, say, fuck you. <laughs> you down. That's cool. Well, yeah, it's it's really I really like the comedy in it. This this is a smart ass little goblin, and uh, she's it, it, it's cool. I really like it, and, and I'm only I'm only like thirty percent through it. And another thing I was going to mention is it. I don't think many people have played this because um, at least on the Xbox because I got a rare achievement for just getting by the third mission, mm-hmm. and that tells me not very many people. If it's a rare achievement, not very many people have done it. Yeah. So I, I don't understand that one. Yeah. But, I, when you mentioned it, I never heard of the game either. And, you know, it just, um, it's, you know, that's what happens. Some games, you know, it just go under the radar and stuff like that. But it's uh, cool that, you know, you experience it and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I look, I, I wouldn't be sticking to it if I didn't like the game. The fact that I've even gotten past the first three missions tells me it's, it's a good, at least for me, it's, it's interesting. It's keeping me intrigued. I mean, this last, I die so much, I have to keep saving all the time. Otherwise, it's a pain to have to keep going back. And, but this last mission I had to go on, you had to basically uh, take these crystals from this uh, giant centipede. That's where she got, the centipede got her uh, power from, these crystals. 
but that one they wouldn't let you save. So I died so much in that, that damn sucks. thing. I hate when games do that. Well, yeah, it's just one particular one little part of the mission they wouldn't let you save. Every time before that, you can save all you want, but once you once you hit to there, you had to finish out the mission, and you had to figure out while well, she's spewing this acid at you, and it's it's really especially when you can't save. It's really difficult, but. If it wasn't, if it was easy, I don't think I'd want to do it. So yeah, and it's it's all stealth based. Like you can't really, because uh, I know he has like a sword or a knife or something like that from the pictures I saw. It's, yes, exactly. So yeah, like he you, also has. Go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, he has a, a little glove that you can put darts in it, so you can. But I only you only give like you have to make the darts. You have to find the materials, the iron ore, and then make the dart, and then you're going to have three of them. So you can from far away. Uh, kills, um, you know, they, three enemies. Some of the dark elves are dressed in these. Um, most of them you can walk behind stealthily and do a little stealth kill, where you know you basically cover the mouth and then slit their throats and no one hears it. But there are some elves that have these armor on and you can't you can't kill them no matter what, unless you drop like a bell on top of them or something like that, or poison their their food. That's the only way you can kill them. You can't walk behind and, and do anything stealth with them. And there's a lot of them around. Yeah. So you got to really, really sneak. So it's, it's stealth. You really got to play the, the sneak game in this. That's that's funny because there's a lot of similarities to the game I was playing as well. Because that's it's all like stealth based stuff too. Because you're confronting a lot of you can do some fighting and like you know sh- shootouts and all that. But the whole game really stresses to do the stealth and some of the like monsters and stuff that you encounter, you can't even do the stealth stuff too as well. So it's, you know, since they can't see you, it's all about being quiet and just getting around them because if they attack you, you, you're pretty much dead. So um, do you like a lot? Sometimes. Do you like, yeah, Yeah, it's all right. Do you like a lot of stealth based games or does that ever like kind of get on your nerves? (sighs) Well, no, no, I don't mind them. It's not something I look, look for. So it's a stealth game. I'll play it, you know, but I, I'll I'll play it. The really thing that kills me is I can't do first person. If it's third person, I'll try it. Stealth or not, I, I, you know, I'll give it a try. Yeah, that that's basically my my litmus test is whether it's third person or not. Good point. Yeah, I I do like the third person, you know, view of that more than like a first person. So I agree well, with you it, there. It makes me sick. That's just, just I can't do it. I I'll end up in the bathroom more than playing. And it's not fun. I mean. There's been games where literally it's done that to me, so I just I can't play it. You can't sneak up on somebody if you're throwing up. That's that's true. That's exactly <laughs> right. You can't. And I stopped drinking because uh, I was throwing up all the time. I definitely don't want to be throwing up while I'm playing uh, a video game. Unless you had like acid throw up, you know, that'd be a good weapon in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the game. So now you're talking uh, virtual reality. Yeah, no, that's a different story. I don't even know. That would probably make me sick too. I don't even know. I'll have to check it out, but I don't even be able to play that. <laughs> well, uh, I guess just stay away from that if it makes you that sick. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. Well, yeah, that game sounds really cool. Sticks, shards of darkness. Is that what you said it was called? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, I don't know if it's on the PlayStation. Definitely it's on the Xbox. Mm. Nice. And I and I got it for free with the. Uh, Xbox Game Pass Gold, uh, the old thing they got. So, if you have that, it's free. Play it. That's cool. I always luck. like when they 
and those always get you to play something you may never have heard of, which I think is cool that they do. Yeah, and, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, funny because, like, you know, PlayStation has their PlayStation Plus, and um, they always, like, have, like, a game or two that they'll throw out there. And I was excited for May because, you know, I just – I kind of obviously been playing everything with the whole just being stuck in the house and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, sweet. You know, there's probably something I can try out. And the two games they have for this month, is, um, it's kind of like a SimCity type game. I forgot what it was actually called. And those aren't my cup of tea at all. But um, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Maybe the second game was like something cool. And the second game is Farm Simulator. And I was like, you got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> no, I tried that game. I tried that game. It is, it's just too damn tedious. Yeah. You might as well go out and actually do the farming. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, oh, it was, just, it, it was I, I got like an eighth of the way through it. And I said, that's enough for me. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Those games, I don't know. just sounds so stupid to me. So, but you know, well, they're for somebody, so I guess. So you never got into uh, like uh, the Sims. No, I and see that even comes with like uh, Animal Crossing and stuff. You know that's really big right now, and that's basically like a Sims type game because you're just, you know, building an island and managing it and finding bugs. And see, that's more interesting to me than the Sims because the Sims is just life. I mean, yeah. just go out and be do it, do it life. I play a game of it. So yeah, at least that's from my point of view. I mean, some people like that. I might oh yeah, it's Sims, super so. popular, and I never understood it. So I'm glad you kind of feel the same way. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't, it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. F, F the Sims. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. That's uh some good game talk there. Um, now we both watched, uh, I guess we both watched the show. I'll talk about uh, the midnight gospel. Have you seen this? Cause this was on Netflix too. No, I did not see it. I wanted to get to it, but I just ran out of time with all the stuff I'm playing and watching you know, the Punisher. I I was up late at night finishing that one, and uh, so I couldn't. I didn't get to it enough time. It's no, uh, I didn't. it's a really cool show. That I I didn't really know it was coming out, and it's by uh, Pendleton Ward, who did Adventure Time, and I was a big fan of Adventure Time. Um, I actually got like a right behind me a a Fen doll that hangs out with me who's uh he's the main character in adventure time so i'm a nerd i'll just say that <laughs> isn't it isn't that the one with the bulldog yeah he has like his dog you know he's a yeah, talking yeah. dog so it's yeah uh, my dog used to watch that show too so it's yeah it's really funny one of those like cartoons that you know it's for kids kind of because it does have a lot of weird like kind of dark humor and funny underlining stuff that when you watch it, you know, like when an adult watches it, they're like, oh, I see what you're doing there. But um, he came out with this new show with uh, the comedian Duncan Trussell, and he is this super weird comedian. He's like good friends of like Joe Rogan and stuff like that. And he just his it's weird because he's a comedian, but he has such a unique style and a lot of his like um, just like stuff he talks about is like all about psychedelic drugs and stuff like that. He's like super into that stuff. He's pretty much done everything you could think of, but he, and he, if you hear him talk, he's just a super strange dude, but you know, he just talks about a lot of like philosophy lessons and uh, just, you know, life and death. And, you know, what does it mean to be a good person? A lot of Buddhist kind of stuff. And just, he, he has a good meaning, you know, 
kind of at the end of it all. And, you know, he obviously tries to be funny with it. And um, he made the show with him and it's a cartoon and it's, it's just this weird art style. And he has a podcast too. And basically the show is like, he takes these segments of his podcast and they just basically make an episode about it. So he, his character's name, um, God, what's his character's? It's uh, uh, I'm just blanking on it. But the main character in it, he goes to these different parts of the world in his like virtual simulator, and finds people in these worlds and does like a podcast episode with them, and they talk about whatever (laughs) and it's this very like trippy stuff and um they always talk about life and death and like what does it mean to be alive and stuff like that well if you saw obviously if you've seen adventure time it has that really unique art style and it's just really funny all the stuff that's going on and um yeah it was a really cool show it's uh i definitely recommend it well, at least talking about the, the philosophical aspects would interest me. I yeah. Mean, I I don't know if it'll appeal to me when I watch it, but I'll check it out. And if it's, you said it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, so I'll check it out and see, see what it's got. But uh, at least it's d- deeper than just the you know, shallow, normal crap that is mostly in there. So, I mean, you're talking about life and death, and, and basically, I'm, I'm assuming the meaning of life, correct? Yeah. That, that, that that's that's some pretty deep stuff so uh, that would definitely appeal to me yeah and it's like no like there is like a story throughout it's like a very loose story i would say but you almost could watch any episode at any time i think there's eight episodes you know they're like 20 minutes so it's not like a really long show but um you know they're all just different just lessons that he talks to and they're actual people he's talked to on his podcast, but he doesn't like name them. You know, they're these like fictional characters in the show and, um, <laughs> to protect the innocent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not even that. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. But yeah. It's just like, like the first episode is, you know, about, he's like talking to, he goes to this world. That's actually, it's funny. We're talking about this. That's going through like a zombie apocalypse. And he talks to like the president of this world and like he's just talking to him while he's going through like shooting zombies and talking about all these different things about life and stuff like that. And it's, it's just really funny. And uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a cool show that came out. Well, is a zombie alive? That's a damn good question. Well, I mean. yeah. And <laughs> they have a really cool take on it at the end of that episode against the first one. So it's uh kind of funny what i won't spoil it but um when you see it there's kind of I, an interesting take on zombies especially from a cartoon that i was surprised i never really heard of so All right. i'll check it out so yeah that's midnight gospel check it out especially you know being podcasters ourselves, it's actually about being a weird podcast or <laughs> <laughs> so well, you've been i guess watching- that's a kick to that DeRozan too yeah so you've been watching The Punisher? That's the show you got? Yeah, that's I watched the first season of it, and uh, I, it was pretty good. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's as good as Daredevil, but it was pretty good. And he even gave a little connection. I mean, have you seen it? I've did, only. Did you? I didn't finish it, but I've seen like the first maybe three or so episodes. You know, I just kind of. Well, it was cool what saw, I saw. We just saw Karen Page though, so that's a little connection yeah. to the Daredevil world there. That's the and nurse, her working right? for the Bulletin. No, she's no the, the nurse. Uh, well, I forget her name. Not Colleen, but whatever. She's the one who was the 
the basically the secretary for uh murdoch and, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah okay yeah so but when she's in um the punisher she had she'd already left them and she's working for the bulletin the newspaper so she's basically an investigative reporter so it's not quite at the end of uh of uh daredevil so but it's i mean that's not trying to figure out a timeline i think the first season obviously starts after uh the second the ending of the second season daredevil and but yeah it hasn't it's it's yet not finished by the end of the third season of uh daredevil so the timeline is basically the third season of daredevil i'm assuming if i'm trying to pin it down that's what i would that's what i would say it is but we talked about earlier with the vigilante thing um uh, Frank Castle, he's a badass military dude. Yeah, and uh, I mean, military is okay. I have nothing against it. I like the martial arts better, but um, he's like, like we already already said, he has his own moral code. He makes choices, and he just thinks the system fails. And you know what? Sometimes the system does fail. And when when bad guys get away with doing bad stuff, and they go and it goes through the system then it's time to I don't see the government as all authority, always having the right answers. The government is there to protect the individual rights and when they fail at that then it is then it, you have a moral imperative to stand up to evil because only time evil wins is when good people do nothing. Yeah. I think that's where Frank Castle is coming from. He's, he's, he's putting an end to them getting away with everything. Because if you in the very in the first season, it's all connected to his. Uh, you should have at least seen it in the first three episodes to what happened to him when he was in Afghanistan. Yeah, from what I remember, I, yeah, because I know it's all a lot of the military background of him and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's all all the the bad guys are basically from that unit. Yeah, and what I liked about the writing of this is. In the beginning, guys you think that are good end up being bad and against Castle. And the people you think that are bad end up being for Castle at the end. So do a little like uh, switch. So and I really liked it. And I liked the fact that uh, they made they made him compelling. He was just he wasn't just an outright murderer. Yeah. He was he, they made it a compelling story and, and a good moral argument that sometimes sometimes you have to you you kill people that that deserve it yeah i mean there's a good philosophical question is it is it really murder when you're killing a mass murderer i mean if you were to kill hitler would that be considered murder yeah exactly would that be immoral i mean it's almost in the same way when these people get away with hurting people all the time and when they know they're doing bad that's the key they know they're doing bad and they still do it and then the government fails to do their job of protecting us then someone has to step up or the bad people are just going to win. Yeah. So I, I love the Punisher. He's a great character. And I was glad that they made this series for him since uh, I didn't, again, I didn't finish it because I didn't like it. I just lost track of it, but um, it's, uh, had you seen any of the uh, other movies? I think there was like two of them. Of the Punisher. Yeah. Didn't even know there was movies for the Punisher. And are these, are these Marvel movies or this before the whole? Yeah, Marvel this is, this was before the Marvel universe is a thing and there's two of them. Uh, and this is a good thing, I guess that you, you know, that you should know, at least this is my opinion again, you know, you 
anybody can watch both of them, but there's one with, I can't think of the actor's name, but John Travolta's in it. He's the bad guy. That's a sweet one. I really like that movie, and it's a really cool, just, you know, standalone Punisher movie. But then they came I out. I remember seeing yeah. uh, Travolta and the Punisher, you know, the trailer for it. I never played a connection that it was a, a comic book, a Marvel mm. comic book. Yeah. I had no idea. It's it's just like, you know, badass Punisher movie, and it's uh, it's cool that it's a thing. But there was another one that came out, like, a couple years later that was called Punisher Warzone, I think this is the full title, and that one was just terrible. It's just, like, they, like, just tried to make it. It's like they just tried too much with it, and there was no, like, character to Punisher more they just leaned into he's this badass you know guy that just takes no crap and kills everybody and it's like uh, yeah that's not yeah. compelling and that's not what leads the Frank Castle version on the Marvel uh, TV series is because he was much deeper than that yeah, much deeper and that's why I was like I liked that first movie then they came out with this one that pretty much a lot of people only had that taste in their mouth of what the Punisher, you know, was in media. And then I was glad that Netflix made the show because it kind of just brought it back to, you know, him as a sweet character and stuff. So, yeah, I really liked the ending too. I mean, to me, the beginning was a little bit slow, but it picked up at the end and it, it was, I it, like it. If, if I don't like something, like if, if I'm reading a book, I give it a hundred pages. If it doesn't grab me a hundred pages, I don't watch, I don't read it anymore. Yeah. Well, the same thing with the series. I give it, four or five episodes. If it doesn't grab me, I stop watching it. Well, I finished the season and I'm probably going to go on to season two. So for me, it was, the story was compelling enough to keep me interested and to finish the first season. At least. Yeah. And that guy that plays him is like, he was in walking dead as Shane. And I thought he was so cool as that character. And I, I had no idea that he would do such a good job being, like the Punisher as you know, Frank Castle and stuff like that. So um I, I thought oh, he, he was he was really good. I really liked his acting. Yeah. I mean I really did. I mean he also he showed that he would could be a badass and especially at the end of the first season, he also showed that he could be sentimental too. I mean you see, you see him crying. So I mean he was a good actor. He yep. really was. Totally agree. Yeah, the have to. there is two seasons. I forgot there was even a second season. Yeah, there's a second season that's uh I hurry up and stopped it when it started after the first season because I wanted to keep this fresh in mind when we talked talked about it. I'm more than likely going to go back finish it because I like the first season. Hopefully, the story's compelling as it carry on. So we'll see. Yeah, that'd be cool seeing him and like because uh, he's not in the Defenders, right? No, yeah. not at all. I don't like, even mention him in the Defenders. <laughs> I think that's what the Punisher wants, though. He doesn't want to be in the... <laughs> he's not really... I mean, you brought him up with the Civil War. He's not the, those type of Civil War characters, and he's also not a Defender character. Yeah. Either. yeah. So he, it makes sense that he's not there. That's very true. He definitely likes to work alone. That's for sure. So, but he's such a cool character, though. I think it'd be funny to have him in like a mix of really some other characters. So. And the fact that he likes to, likes to work alone to me brings out his individuality, and that is very appealing to me. Yeah, and I'm all about the individual traits, and he has it. I always remember in the uh, old Spider-Man cartoon, whenever he would be in uh, the show and stuff, it was just they both would be fighting whatever bad guy was going on in the show. 
but like Spider-Man would always want to be like, hey man, you know, like we're obviously fighting this dude. And like the Punisher would like always try to kill Spider-Man because he was just in the way. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh, he's so funny because they're both going after the same whoever. And, you know, Spider-Man's, you know, this kid and like the Punisher. He wants to squish him like a yeah. spider. <laughs> and it, it was just always funny. And that's why I, I like that whole dynamic. So. Yeah. I also like the fact that they uh, intermix all these characters, these good guys. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen too much other than Justice League and DC. So at least I got to hand it to Marvel for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's uh, a cool show to talk about. Yeah, I liked it. Cool. Well, I guess this is kind of going with uh, what we did with uh, one of our other shows is uh, we both watched The Lighthouse, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I watched it. Now, going from uh, The Punisher to this is <laughs> totally, you know, turned upside down because this is a weird ass movie, right? <laughs> and and it, it was a punishment to get through it. Ooh, but, there uh, you go. Nice pun. Yeah, but... Uh, you know, it, it was deep at least. I yeah. mean, but it was also weird and creepy. And it's, I, I, you know, it's black and white and this is a, uh, you know, it's basically the story of the movie is Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are these guys that manage a lighthouse and they are on this, you know, island or whatever. And just, it's just kind of like being stuck with, you know, you and one other person and going crazy. <laughs> and, uh, well, I got a theory that that really wasn't two people. I think it was both one person because even, yeah, as you watch it, he even admits that his name isn't Ephraim Winslow. It was, it was Tommy and yeah. the other character's name, Thomas. I mean, it, it to me, there was a lot of, what? Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. that's a good theory. I never thought of that. So, well, there's a lot of uh, Jungian type psychology, I think, involved in it. I mean, there's there's uh, homoerotic and uh, heteronormative both playing both two archetypes, which is so Jungian. I mean, the lighthouse itself is a phallic symbol. Yeah. And they had every they were looking through the keyhole. He was looking through the keyholes a lot, which is a vaginal symbol. Um. So, I mean, and, and the homoerotic part was uh, he, them dancing together really slow while Defoe was singing in his ear. And then he almost kisses him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that. See, that's the, where I was definite homoeroticism right there. I mean, it was blatant. But um, I saw that as he was dancing with himself. He was, I mean, he was singing to himself. He was, it was the two characters that, once again, that, that anima of, well, well Jungian psychology is that anima is inside of every ma- male is a female. And that's, you know, once again, the two archetypes going against each other, so like counterparts. And I think that's exactly what that dance scene was. Yeah. I mean, one could represent the id, one could represent the ego. And it was just the, the balance of back and forth. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I, it's, it's a theory of me. I don't know if I'm right, but I just, something tells me. And that was just one character and he was just he was going crazy i think he was already beginning to descent into madness with the mermaid thing because he saw the mermaid yeah. almost right away yeah and he even pulled the mermaid out of the mattress when he first got there yeah 
I mean, so I think that was just the, like the, uh, the seed of his madness. And then after he got, a, he, uh, they basically, he got abandoned uh, at, when that storm came and, and he couldn't get out, get off the island. That's when the descent really took off. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't want to hog up the conversation. No, well, no. What do you think? I'm glad your, your inputs, you know, you got a lot of really good takes on it. That's good. I mean, I was, I was more like just laughing and just a lot of the, imagery of the movie was very interesting and stuff like that but it is like you're saying you know robert pattinson and willem dafoe it's like he almost would be like looking into his future of that's who he is when he's older you know what i mean if they're the same person and, well uh, even uh dafoe even basically tells pattinson how he's gonna die or winslow how he's gonna die yeah i mean he basically says that so you're absolutely right he also he was looking into his own future Mm-hmm. so yeah i'm sorry go ahead go no on. no that's is it's just a crazy movie you know with all, like the i always thought it was funny when he's um robert pattinson's characters like looking at the lighthouse and like um just seeing willem dafoe just like running around naked and like the whole like um octopus or whatever it is is just in there for some reason and it's just so funny so there's a definite connection to Greek mythology too, and because he, I think Defoe even brings up, did he bring up Titan and uh, uh, one of the he brought up an, an undersea uh, Greek mythology. Now it, it slipped in my mind. Yeah, like but Poseidon know, and uh, yeah, Poseidon. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. And um, see, there's, there's definitely that Greek connection, and the Greeks were famous for their homosexuality. Although they didn't call it that, but they still they did it. So that's why I definitely think there was some homoeroticism involved in that movie. Well, and the I whole definitely... and the whole end scene of, you know, Robert Pattinson's character, you just see, you know, the seagulls eating, you know, at his uh I guess his, his stomach and just, you know, and that's the whole I forgot the Greek mythology to that, but that guy in um whatever myth it is that like for eternity is getting his liver eaten out by the birds because of whatever he did in his past or something like that. I mean, that was straight, yes. straight from so, that, you know, you couldn't say that so, wasn't. Absolutely. So there's, uh, there's definitely a tie to Greek mythology in this movie as well. Yeah. So there's, there's Jungian concepts, there's Greek mythology concept. It definitely was a deep movie. It wasn't just a shallow movie. It just, once again, just like I said in the last podcast, I'm just not a fan of malevolent movies, and this definitely was a malevolent movie. Yeah, I mean the sense the sense of life of that movie was dark. Very true. I mean, yeah. I think that's why I think that's why it was filmed in black and white. I mean, this was made in 2019. Yeah. It definitely had color. It was done, I think, with with conscious intent because it is a dark movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know they had the whole like. Robert Pattinson's, you know, past that he's running away from. And it's like, did he murder that guy or did uh, Willem Dafoe kill his other partner? They had like this like mystery behind the whole thing that they did a real good job at just like they didn't really tell you it. And they had all these like flashbacks. And yeah, with even all the stuff we're talking about, it's like, is this the same person, you know, just yeah, in a I, weird way? Yes, I really think it was because, uh, like you said, there's there's another connection there between a, a murder, and I think the true murder was when. Uh, see, I don't even know what to call the guy because he was either Tommy yeah. or Winslow. So <laughs> what the hell do you call him? I just call him Robert Pattinson. <laughs> okay, but so when he, his character, call him Batman. So, there you go. <laughs> when Batman was supposedly 
before the movie started in Canada and he ends up supposedly killing someone. Uh, I think he was running, definitely run away from that. And uh, Defoe's character called that out, said, are you, are you running from something? So I think that was his own psychology eating away at him yeah. for what he was doing. I, something just compels me to say that this really wasn't two characters. It was just one, one person. Patterson's character just going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's a really good point, too. And the movie really showed you a lot. Like, I like the way it was shot where it just, like, you could feel, besides all the crazy stuff that we're talking about, but even just, like, the life of that, of working at that lighthouse and how boring and tedious it is, you could just, like, feel that when you were watching the movie. It was, like, really cool they did that. Yeah. Well, you can also see the craziness on, on like a different point. When he was actually drinking kerosene out of the yeah. kerosene jug. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that, that right there. This dude's crazy. He's yeah. crazy. And like, you know what they, uh, he, yeah, it's like Willem Dafoe, like, you know, we got to go to this like one point to get the emergency rations and it's just all this booze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so funny. Yeah. You know, and yeah, again, that- kind of hits home with a lot of stuff going on with just, uh, you know, being stuck in a house and stuff like that, you know, with quarantine. Well, isolation can drive you mad, but I think he was already on his way to descent before he got isolated. The isolation just made it happen. It accelerated it, if you will. Yeah. And you know, that's like, it starts off right in the beginning of the movie where it's just, you know, even if it isn't all this crazy stuff we're talking about, if it's the same person, you know, Willem Dafoe is just like, you're my bitch. And like, you know, Robert Pattinson's not going to deal with that. And as you know, they, you know, are stuck on this place for however long it is. And that's like another thing too, is when it gets to all the crazy surreal stuff, you know, it makes you think when they're talking about it, they're like, have they been there for maybe a day? or two days or months or weeks. It's like, they kind yeah, of mess with you with that too. Defoe even says that one of the line, how long have you been here? Two yeah. days. He even says that in one of his lines and they're in the dialogue. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like messed up and drunk and high and whatever. It's just like, you can't, you, who, who, no, who could be right. You know, it's like, they're all crazy. See, <laughs> no, no, that's exactly it. I think the whole, the, the necessary drunkenness of it, was I think a metaphor for the craziness because yeah. when you're drunk, you're, you're not, you know, your right mind. Mm-hmm. I really, really believe that was part of the craziness. He was just trying to show how all different ways he was crazy. I mean, and then you brought up um, him acting, making uh, Patterson act like a bitch. He even says, I don't want to be a wife. He makes him do all the womenly details, yeah. you know, mopping the floor and all that stuff. Except the cooking. I guess the one part I didn't really cook is the phone did the cooking. <laughs> you like my cooking? You like <laughs> Yes, exactly. That would well that would in the traditional sense. I'm not saying women should cook, but in the traditional yeah. sense, the women would be the one doing that. So that's why I'm like that's the one thing I thought was just thrown off was that because everything else, mopping the floors and all the little other work, most of it was a woman's job. And then the putting on the shingles and all that stuff was the the man's job. So he, that's why I think it was also heteronormative, not just homoerotic, because there was that man, man, woman dynamic in the two. And as well, the, uh, the mermaid, yep. because when, you, when they pulled back on the mermaid, she just had one huge vagina. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was a weird like shot too. That was so like, yes, it was. No one ever really 
you know, it's like if you've seen Splash or, uh, you know, anything with mermaids, it's like everyone's like, huh, how would that work? This movie kind of shows you <laughs> in a no, messed up way. <laughs> once again, I think that's just the craziness. I think the mermaid was somehow it's the connection to the sea and also the connection of him being crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I think that mermaid was. I don't think necessarily that mermaid was real. Because they even brought up the the old wiki that uh, Defoe said it went crazy and killed himself. Yeah, which I think I think Defoe killed him because he oh, the head sure. was yeah the head it was headless. Yeah, you don't cut off your own head for suicide. Yeah, but regardless, regardless, I think that that whole thing was um was just a descent into madness. And the mermaid, you don't see mermaids. I mean, that's another crazy symbol. Another a crazy action you don't see them yeah yeah i think uh, my review of this movie is you know watch it if you like all that kind of crazy surreal stuff but if you like mermaids or birds don't watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially when he well that's see that's another thing too when he does beat that uh that seagull to, to death oh that's and, so uh, it was so weird and like it's just so well, raw you know <laughs> well he was warned by defoe's character not to do that because it was bad luck yeah and i also think that that right there was another symbol of him and here's the sea metaphor or the ship metaphor walking off the plank himself mm-hmm. because he did that knowing it was bad luck it still went ahead and he didn't just kill it he dismantled uh, yeah. the damn thing i just disintegrated it i'm surprised so Peta didn't get all over this uh, movie, even though I'm obviously that's not a real bird, but yeah, they I think didn't that's hold what, back. <laughs> I think that's exactly why Peta said nothing. Although I think Peta's an evil institution, mm-hmm. but uh, they—that's why I think Peta couldn't say anything because I really don't think that was a real bird when he did that. Just like you said, I heard this on another podcast. I was talking about this movie um, that they um, had this theory too. That do you think the bird? was um defoe's old partner because it had one eye and you know how he talks about that they you know see the reason why you don't mess with seagulls is because they're like you know spirits of the, sailors the, the or souls of, the, of dead sailors you know that's an aspect i never even thought of yeah i, I guess it, it could have been a metaphor for that character it could very well well been and then it's like but, it has that whole thing of, you know, it's messing with Robert see, Pattinson. Well, then even, and, even that ties into it being one character. Yeah. Because Defoe kills the, the old wiki and Pattinson kills the the seagull. Yeah. I think that's just all one person doing the one thing about just just driving into madness. Yeah. I think this was a story about of a descent into madness, period, bottom line. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was the appeal of it, too. I mean, have you seen the trailer? That's what at least intrigued me because they showed that, obviously, of this is going to be a weird, trippy movie about, at you know, if you just watch the trailer, you just think about two people going crazy together. But um, it was just a really cool take on that, I think. Uh, it was interesting, I'll say that. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea because it's dark, but at least it was deep, and I'll give them that. So if I haven't given a scale of one to 10, I give it like a six or seven because at least it was deep, but it wasn't perfect by any means whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't go back to it, but you know, again, cool watch, I guess for boredom. 
<laughs> if you gotta sit isolated, you might as well watch someone being isolated yeah. going crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And again, uh just like wrapping up this part here is um I like you know, Willem Dafoe is a great actor. He's been a lot of gr- good stuff and I always like a lot of stuff that I always like when he's he's just like such a cool character all the time and he's so weird. And um I like that. I haven't seen a lot of Robert Pattinson stuff, but I think he did a really good job in this as well. So it kind of gives, you know, a little bit more fuel to just be like, he's going to do good for Batman. Well, this is the first time I didn't see Edward the vampire. So <laughs> yeah, let's exactly. just say let's just, it, it did that for me. Yep. So there's always Harry Potter to go back on too. So oh, yeah, I forgot I mean, he was in that. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I didn't think that was good at all. That's what I'm trying to say. You can, that's another thing we can say he's bad on, bad at. So if you're going to bring up Batman, I got reservations. I had reservations for Affleck. And he sucked a big one. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm going to keep an open mind and let him try and be good. But I'm just not sure. I just don't know. I don't. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was our uh, topics of discussion for the breakdown. So why don't we just jump into the bonsai drop? Are you one of those so-called badasses? Now, again, talking about the bonsai drop, I just wanted to kind of go back to what I said before with all this. These are just things that, you know, me and DJ find that we're just kind of posting out there and, you know, talking a little bit about. So um, I just had a article that I know I sent you. And um, last time when we talked about, I mentioned Jason, uh, Jason Schreier, who is this uh, video game journalist. He quit Kotaku. Um, he was doing, he's been doing a podcast with like two other people. And one of them was Maddie Myers and she's another game journalist. And I, I guess I didn't read in between the lines, but I'm not surprised once I saw the article that she was leaving Kotaku as well, because they're, you know, they, they do a lot of business together. So I wasn't surprised she left either, but, uh, she just wrote this really cool article of her, you know, leaving. And it's, um, just, a kind of good feel good article about just, you know, game journalist and, you know, kind of doing what you want and, um, yeah, just keep trying and stuff like that. Yeah. The article least showed me that you're not going to get, your dreams aren't going to come to you easy, but if you keep working at it, you will finally get there. Especially, That's what I took away from. Yeah. And especially writing about video games, you know, that just seems so hard and it's cool when you can see people do it so well. Yeah. And get paid for it. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, there was this funny YouTube clip too. Cause I was, I just like YouTubed a bunch of stuff and uh, she had this interview with this. Um, I forgot the actual um, uh, morning radio kind of news thing. And like the guy sits down with her and he like, you know, gives a little synopsis of her. He's like, Oh, this is Maddie Myers. And she's a, uh, you know, wrote for this journal and this thing. And he mentions this journal and it goes, you know, after he's done explaining her, it goes to her and she's like, I've never wrote for that. I actually wrote for this. And the guy like completely gets it wrong. And she just like owns a mind. And it's so funny. I'll probably put that in there too, but it's like right in the beginning of the interview. And it just shows like, I just thought it was hilarious. So, <laughs> oh. and I like that. She didn't like, I like, she made sure she corrected him, you know, it was like really funny. 
Like, and she does yeah, it with like a smile. Course. Like she's not like a jerk about it, but it's like, it's really, you know, funny that, and the guy just like sits there with a smile. He's like, Oh yeah. You know, oops. It's like, you're yeah. on fucking the news. <laughs> like get your shit right. Yeah. He, he takes the bit stuff. Well, in other words. <laughs> yeah. It was just a funny little clip. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll probably put that in there too. It's a good watch. Okay, cool. So how about you, DJ? Do you got anything for the bonsai drop? Well, we talked about earlier how you can always break it down to a rush song. Let's um, hear it. <laughs> well, well, no, we're, this is kind of, kind. it's not exactly, but it kind of relates to what we were talking about on the lighthouse on the Jungian anima where the psychology of a male has a female counterpart inside of them. Well, this is, I promise you, it's not as long as last week. It's uh, four stanzas of four lines apiece, but remember that Jungian uh, counterpart thing I just talked about and apply to this because it just it makes so much sense it goes goddess in my garden sister in my soul angel in my armor actress in my role daughter of a demon lover empress of a hidden face priestess of the pagan mother ancient queen of inner space spirit in my psyche double in my role alter in my image struggle for control mistress of the dark unconscious mermaid of the lunar sea daughter of the great enchantress sister to the boy inside of me so uh, and that's from uh yeah that's from uh russia's counterparts album and it's animate and here you go that counterpart again um that's why russia could always break it down to a rust song that's the whole uh Jungian psychology there um in, in a song i i find this song absolutely fascinating I highly recommend it. If if you want to get in touch on what I meant by that Jungian psychology of the anima, um, go to that song. It's the very first song on the Counterparts album. It's an awesome song, too. It rocks. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you just do that all from the top of your head, right? Like, you're not reading anything. Uh, I've I listened to Rush so much. <laughs> that, just, uh, that just blows my mind that you can, like, even some of my favorite bands and stuff, I can't even do that. <laughs> I can't say now. There are some songs where I used to know, but I haven't listened to in a while. And they would probably trip me up if I really thought about it. I then would, would come to me. But the songs that really did something to me, I mean, I can even quote more from this song. It's, it's so good. And it, it's it's got that like I said before that anime uh, theme to it. I mean, the name of the song is Animate. I mean, it's it's and once again, it's just like that movie. Rush is so deep, and and this is a, a deep topic. And they, they, he did it in a song. That's mm-hmm. how good Neil was. I mean, he was not just a master of drums; he was a master of words too. Yeah, I miss him a lot. I really miss him. Well, you know, at least I know if we were stuck in a lighthouse together, we would be able to go over a lot of the rush stuff, you know, since you have it all in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be this for nothing but rush. <laughs> <laughs> well, that it's... is our show today. Uh, DJ, do you have anything to plug? You know, you have your podcast and stuff. Yeah, well, I guess you can go and listen to our archives because we're dead in the water until this coronavirus is over or so. I mean, uh, you can go to our change of reason podcast.com or it's on anchor too, or anywhere you get, uh, get podcasts. There are, uh, our two of our three most popular episodes are, uh, my hero academia related. So there are some, uh, anime in there. 
Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. And yeah, check that out. And yeah, you know, check out the podcast and our YouTube channel and everything. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back next time. Bye, everybody. Be safe. Be safe. Stay healthy. Yep. Peace.